Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Friday, September 17th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. everyone. Welcome back to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bulger. And I'm Brett Goodman. And we come to you three times a week and try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. Happy Friday. We hope you have a great weekend ahead of you. Before we get to the Genesis scripture, let's begin with prayer. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that in all the things that we break in the world and all the things that we struggle with, that through your light and through your redemption that we are called back to wholeness, that we are called back to life. May we hear that call, may we live it out, and may we invite others in. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. This is from the second chapter of Genesis, verses 4 through 9, and then picking up again at 18 through 24. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, when no plant of the field was yet in the earth and no herb of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was no one to till the ground. But a stream would rise from the earth and water the whole face of the ground. It was then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone, I will make him a helper as his partner. So out of the ground the Lord God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all cattle and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field. But for the man there was not found a helper as his partner. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for out of man this one was taken." Therefore, a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Tara, for our Friday fun question, what is the weirdest, strangest thing in your office, either here at the church or at home? So church is kind of hard. The only thing I could think of, and it's only weird because I've never seen anyone else with it, is I have a picture of the creek where I was baptized. Oh, 
And I keep that right there to remind me of, um, of my baptism. That's so, sweet. <laughs> yeah, pretty great. At home are my dead dog's ashes sitting on the bookshelf. <laughs> yes. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Hannon, they freak her out so she doesn't know they're there, even though the box says Gabriel. Lovely. But uh, that's the weirdest thing at home that I can think of. What about you? What are you going to do when you run out of those ashes for Ash Wednesday? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So funny. That um, is not what we use not, for no, Ash Wednesday. It's not what we use. Uh, the weirdest thing, yeah, I don't have too many strange things in my office here at church. It's probably I have one of those drinking birds uh, uh, yes. that used to be working really well, and the fluid in it used to be blue, and now it's green, and I don't what know what's What has that bird been I doing? I don't know what chemical <laughs> concoction weird. caused that to happen. Uh so that's probably it. And then at home in my study is probably uh, one of my closest friends is Catholic. And we always tease each other about me being Protestant and him being Catholic. And for my birthday one year, he gave me a little trophy he got from the thrift store. And with scotch or with a masking tape over the plaque, it just says, world's best heretical pastor. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You've got the title. Exactly. You keep it. That's right. And if you do have to be heretical, you might as well be the best at it. Yeah, might as well be the best at it. <laughs> but to our scripture, Therese, you, you kind of alluded to this on Monday about the history of this text. And so what do we do with a text in our Bible and our scripture that has historically been used in the past to limit people or even hurt people? I'm, I'm specifically thinking of how this text has been used in relation to uh, control over women. Uh, how do we own this history in our tradition and yet still find meaning in a text? So um, what you're speaking to is the idea that in the second Genesis story, women, oh, sorry, uh, yeah, woman is created after man, almost as if, um, uh, you know, a subject of man, mm -hmm. right, created of him, and, and the man is given power to name her, just like he's able to do the animals. And so I think it is possible, right, it has been read through the years as woman is not of the same um, equality as man, is not kind of the pinnacle of creation. Now, I do think that whenever we read, particularly the prehistoric books and Genesis, which is the beginning of those, right? But I think the question is, um, I think, well, let me back up. First, I always read Genesis remembering that it is not a question of how, it is a question of who. Hmm. It is not going to tell me how the world was created. It's not going to tell me um, how men and women are necessarily uh, supposed to be related to each other. It tells me who. It tells me that a loving God created the earth and all that was in it that a loving God created woman as another gift of creation. Um, and I think everything past that is where our own sinfulness gets tangled up. Hmm. Um, so I think we read, you know, I think part of like a modern reading is we read the story and we always think about who we relate to. And so since Adam is the first human, People would relate to that. But I think we're really supposed to ask ourselves, what is God doing and how can I help do that hmm. in the world? So what God is doing here is creating and giving life and then saying to humanity, care for it, care for it, 
right? Mm-hmm. There was no one to till the ground. Guess what? That's your going to be your purpose in the world. Um, you are to join with woman and become one flesh so that caring for her is like caring for yourself and vice versa. So I think instead of worrying so much about Adam, who's the created person, you should be asking yourself about God and about what God does in the world. What do you think? Yeah, I think that that's a beautiful way to look at it. And I think it is, uh, it is really easy for when a text has been used in a certain way to just let's just not read it anymore you know like let's let's yeah. let's 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 get rid yeah. of it but i think that's almost more damaging in some oh, ways yeah. because as as you've pointed out a, a proper reading of this text leads us to something really really beautiful uh leads us to something uh that actually helps us understand ourselves and our god better uh and and yeah, and if you, I think if you really look hard and are faithful to the text, and again, not just this small, but how small piece of scripture, but how does it work in the world of, uh, or work in, in the whole of the Bible, then you realize like, oh, actually, you know, it doesn't look like this at all. Like the fact that the woman is called um, a helper uh, is... <laughs> Scripture uses that same word to talk about how God is human's helper. So mm-hmm. is God subservient to human? Not in the least. Goodness, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and so it, it is It is a danger. I, I think it points to dangers of just pulling out a small piece of Scripture and then, you know, setting society by that as opposed to looking at, you know, what is what who who is God in the text exactly to what you said yeah and I also you can't I believe every word of scripture is inspired by God but it is also filtered through a sinful system of humanity um, and so this beautiful story which I have loved reading every time we've read it for the podcast this week I think it's the most beautiful poetry and story um, this beautiful story was still in some way told around campfires in a society that didn't value women, um, written down most likely in a patriarchal society that thought women were less than. And so I think that kind of gets into the water, if you will. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But here's the other thing too, that I think if it comes to scripture as a whole. So for instance, my grandparents who did not believe women should be ordained, um, I struggled for a really long time with with my call to ministry. And let's presume that the admonition that women shouldn't speak in the church from Timothy, let's presume that that, um, that, that is actually what Paul believed. And instead, instead of a more logical interpretation, which was it was spoken into a very particular context, right? So let's assume that it's true it still does not change the fact that I had a very specific calling to preach. Hmm. And so Holy Scripture is the inspired Word of God. And I do think everything we do has to be held up to Scripture. But I also think God still speaks. Hmm. And so for me, even if it were sinful, um, I still felt like I was called to obey God. Um, and you know, like I told my grandmother, if I've got a sin, I might as well do it preaching, right? If somebody comes to Jesus while I'm out there sinning by preaching all for the good. Yeah. But I do think 
for me, when I read scripture and I look at a lot of the scholarship, I think you can really um, understand why a lot of those texts were written. Um, but I also know that when you look at what God and Jesus Christ are doing in the world, it's always opening doors. It's always widening the net and it's always inviting people in. Um, you know, the hope is that one day there will be no preachers and there will be no churches because everyone knows Jesus Christ so well. Wouldn't that be lovely? And we'll all be Quakers. <laughs> <laughs> or living in Eden. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, that's okay. It. <laughs> uh, anything else to add before I we go? I think that was beautiful. I have nothing to add to We that. shall send them off to their football weekend. <laughs> uh, I will leave you with a quote from George MacDonald, and this is so beautiful. He writes, I would rather be what God chose to make me than the most glorious creature that I could think of. For if Debin thought about, born in God's thought, and then made by God, is the dearest, grandest, and most precious thing in all thinking. Amen to Amen. that. Well, I have no better way to leave you all for the weekend than that quote. Thank you all for being with us. We hope you have a wonderful and safe weekend. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is ever upon you. Amen. Amen.